Are you guys ready? Yep. Always. Mm. Welcome to Gospel Defenders, episode 12. This is our one-year anniversary Mm. episode, episode number 12. So we've got a special birthday countdown. Gospel Defenders is one year old. You guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Here we go. Five, Five, four, three, two, one. Happy birthday! Yeah, there we go. Love that. Hey, we even brought some special music on oh. for our special guest. Yes. Mm. George South is in the studio today. All right. Don't amen. stop. Hey, George, I will have you know, I have this whole Jesus album on vinyl. Oh, oh, vinyl. My goodness. And me and Bella jam it out. Oh, I love it. Oh. All-time hey, you know favorite song. This, this goes pretty well with our theme today of uh, evangelism because sure don't, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Yeah. That's exactly right. Perseverance of the saints. Mm. Amen. Never giving up. Amen. Hey, while I back this down a little bit, let's talk about our episodes over the year to catch George up to speed. Okay. So, Robert, do you remember our first episode? What it was about? I believe it was a Christmas special. I think it was Christmas special. I think we talked about uh, maybe St. Nicholas punching heretics. I think this would be nice. And it's funny that we have a wrestler here that <laughs> punches <laughs> heretics. <laughs> punch and exactly other, right. Body slams them or whatever. <laughs> all right, let's see if I can find all these. Let's see. So, man, we got to go up to another page. Okay. Wow. Gospel Defenders Episodes 1 was... Uh, Objectives in celebrating Christmas. Mm. So that was about a year ago, oh, right before nice. Christmas. Episode two was um, ten prophecies that Jesus fulfilled from the Old Testament. So kind of what we covered this past Sunday. Yeah. All right. Let's see what else. Episode three was uh, witnessing to Jehovah's Witnesses. That might have been one of my favorite episodes. Mm. George, you ever encountered them much? Oh yeah, sure have. Yeah. Always knocking on my door. Yep. Uh, episode four, we talked about he- the problem of evil. People say, if God is so good, why is there so much evil in the world? Mm-hmm. And that's important because here's what our objective is at Gospel Defenders. Number one, we want people to be able to defend the gospel mm-hmm. against people who um, are attacking it. And this includes when we share our faith. A lot of times when we share our faith, people bring up, um, you know, reasons they don't believe. Yeah. And so when we're evangelizing, I think it's good for us to be prepared, you know, when they throw out these objections like, well, I can't believe in a God because he allows so much suffering in this right. world. Mm. So we covered that. Uh, that was episode four. Episode five was eternal security. So <laughs> the comments of a mm. break there is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you in, go from in January the, to April. Yeah. Sometimes we have a little uh, break. Yeah. All right. Episode six was. Uh, witnessing the Muslims. That, that was the one. That I, was probably one of my favorites. That, 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 that was a good episode. Yeah, mostly because I was on there. And that's why. That's it was what good. it was. Oh, were you there for that? Yeah, one? that was the one I was there. <laughs> wow. Okay, episode six. No, I'm sorry. The the Muslim episode we talked about um, the Trinity. We mm-hmm. talked about the, your paper. Yeah, mm-hmm. the incarnation. All right. Uh, seven. We talked about legalism being bound to the law. Eight. We. Ooh, evidently in eight, we covered uh, Andy Stanley. We started covering Andy Stanley. Oh, Andy. And sticking to scripture Hmm. in the Christian faith, which will be very important in our topic today about evangelism. Yeah. Which I believe that was the first episode we had the anchorman, Mr. Andy, with us. Andy, the anchorman. We're going to give him a shout out also today. Sorry, I'm trying to turn this down. There we go. Shout out to Andy Anchorman. He couldn't be here, but... We're thankful for his contributions, past, present, and future. Uh, episode 9, we kept with um, Andy Stanley and his worldview. And I think we did a mini episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about um, origins of Christmas trees and mm. Christmas trees in our celebrations of Christmas, yeah. Chris, Christmas today. 10, we finish up the sermons on, sermons on Andy Stanley. And it's, it's technically that was 11. So this brings us to episode 12. Mm. Man, so let's, have, let's welcome everybody that's in the studio today. This is Jesse the Radical. This is Avery. 
Ave the wave. Ave the wave. True, Ave the wave. True dog. Whatever. We got Jesse decides to Ave, call me. Ave the wave. Ave, Ave the wave. Ave the wave. Yeah, we got all kind of nicknames. Yeah. I love that. That's, the Greenhorns get a bunch of nicknames. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Robert the Rain Man. And ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in Gospel Defenders history, coming oh, in man. to us from Concord, North Carolina, the reigning heavyweight champion of the Exodus Wrestling Association, title belt mm. carrier, mm. Mr. Number One. Yep. George South. Welcome, right. George. Thank you so much, Pastor Jesse. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, boys. I'm just so excited to be here. Uh, you know, many, many years ago, I got into professional wrestling and I saw the excitement and, and, and the worship of uh, championship belts and magazines and being on TV. And then I thought, wait a second, the greatest thing that ever happened to me was a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And why can't Amen. I be just as excited and, and worship Jesus like I see people do championship belts, money, and everything mm. else? So, uh, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Thank you. Um, this this works out so well. We wanted to do a big celebration for our one-year anniversary. Um, George, we probably have about, uh, sometimes we have 60, 65 listeners. Mm. Now we're on iTunes. Wow. Um, we've got some people, friends of Robert's, don't even go to this church, that listen to the Gospel Defenders podcast. Yep. So we want to do something special. I'm and uh, really, the whole Gospel Defenders is about sharing the gospel. Amen. We want to share it faithfully, Amen. and we want people to know it faithfully. So, you know, if you don't know the gospel, you can't share the That's gospel. That's right. That's right. And it's perfect that we brought you here because I think, I, I don't know, I mean, this is just me. You're probably as famous or notorious for your witness for Christ Amen. as you are for your um, wrestling Amen. achievements. Yeah. Because Thank every you. picture I see of you, you know, you've got... John 3.16 somewhere, or your Jesus t-shirt somewhere. So tell me, how much flack have you gotten through your wrestling career by doing everything you do as a witness? Has it been difficult? It sure has. You know, Pastor Jesse, I've always said that I am a Christian that loves Jesus that happens to wrestle. A lot of people think I'm just a wrestler that happens to be a Christian, and there's a big difference. And uh, just, uh, it's amazing to me that uh, I don't compare myself to the way they, you know, they just punished the Lord and, and what he went through. But uh, in a small way, just the years and years of just trying to be faithful and having people just laugh at you. Uh, the most amazing thing is they've never got to know me. Uh, I mean, I've had people throw tracks right back in my face when I tried to share Jesus with them. My most famous event was, of course, Ted Turner in WCW, the owner of the Atlanta Braves and the Atlanta Hawks at that time when I uh, wore my John 316 uh, wrestling tights out on uh, probably one of the biggest wrestling uh, uh, television programs, the most watched, the most viewed in the world, and they stopped me mm. and said that you can't do that. And uh, usually I'm pretty cool to get along with, but I just stopped and looked around the dressing room, and everybody had something on their trunks, whether it was like a guy called Diamond Stud or uh, one guy, Johnny B. Bad, had a, a big, those kissing lips, you know, on, mm-hmm. on the back of his yep. backside. And I thought, wait a second, how messed up is things that I can't wear John 3? The, the most comical thing is one of the wrestlers thought my name was John. And he thought, <laughs> they even asked me, why, why you got your birthday, you know, yeah. March 16th on the back of your trunks? So, uh, but that particular day I said, oh, well, I'm not going to. I said, I'm not going to turn them inside out. I said, I just, this is crazy. And so it got so bad that particular day that in Atlanta, Georgia, they took me off to a room Mm -hmm. with some of the big higher up, like, you know, office people and said, "Uh, you're not going to get paid. Mm -hmm. They said, "Uh, we don't understand this. And what was so amazing, I wasn't going to preach. I wasn't going out. I was going out there to do my job. Right. Mm -hmm. But just because I had John 316 on my trunks, that it shut down. There's no telling how much money it cost Ted Turner to stop a live production for almost 40 minutes. And it was so funny wow. because standing there while all of these grown men told me what was wrong with what I was doing, I was so I had a grin on my face mm-hmm. because yeah. I thought, if nothing else, that I've done a small thing for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it got so bad to where they refused to even give me a, a paycheck. But here's the humbling thing about this. So what did I do? I want to I say that I grabbed a sign and marched up Fifth Street, but no. I ended up having to turn my tights inside out because I had to get my check to feed my family. Right. And, and the old devil got a hold of me a couple of days after that, Robert, and I thought, Lord, I took a stand, but did I let you down? And you know what? An old preacher friend of mine said, are you crazy? He said, let me tell you something. You taking that stand yes. meant more mm-hmm. to Jesus than anything in the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not Superman. A lot of people think we are. They think <laughs> pro wrestlers don't hurt. They don't cry. You know, but what's the most amazing thing about it, the only reason I can tell somebody about Jesus is because I needed him. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. It ain't because I read it in a book. It ain't because, yeah, I heard other great pastors through the years, but I can tell you how good he is because I needed him to be good. That's all I got to go on is mm-hmm. I needed him to be I can tell you he's real because I needed him to mm-hmm. be real. I can tell you that the sun comes up because I've seen the darkness. Right. I've been there. Yeah. And so I know Jesus is my best friend. People ask me all the time. They say, well, are you a pastor? Are you an evangelist? And I say, listen to me. If Jesus has, ex- has saved you, you are too. You may not be in a church, you may not be on a, a, a you know on a pulpit, but if Jesus has saved you from hell, then you got as much right to, to talk about him as much as I do. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's the most amazing thing. I mean, how mm. come? Let me ask you one thing, and I'll shut up here. How come that I can walk in uh, an NFL football stadium, which I have done, with my belly painted blue, my t-shirt off in the middle of winter, acting like a fool, mm-hmm. and nobody thought I was crazy, Robert? Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. called the law on me. They, nobody even said, "Are you on drugs? Are you drinking?" You know, it's just amazing. And me and my buddy, we put our shirts back on. I thought, I, wait a minute. Now, when I talk about Jesus, they're ready to throw me in jail. Oh, but man. I just marched up and down Charlotte Boulevard naked with, with, with a blue star on my belly, and nobody even looked at me. So I said, we got to change this. Yeah. And you I, know, if, you, if you think, you, if you've seen a man take his shirt off, yeah. and he's got... <laughs> Big old blue star. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or let's, let's flip it. Let, let's say he's got scripture painted yeah. on his chest. And he's saying, repent, yeah. believe the good news, believe Jesus Christ. People's going to cr- label him a crazy man. They are. But you put a, a star on your chest, yeah. and you're the number one fan. That's exactly right. You're the man, I wish I had the, 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 the big They fan. always tell me, I, that day they said, I wish I could have had the nerve as we were leaving the stadium. People I didn't even know coming up to me saying, man, I wish I had the nerve to do that. Mm. Mm. I thought, wait a minute, how messed up is things here? So what I've tried to do my whole career and will do till I take my last breath is I don't want to miss an opportunity whether it's at a gas station, whether it's at a restaurant. If I, if, if I get the opportunity, I went to the NFL Football Hall of Fame for the first time and shared tracks. I thought, man, I don't want to look back 30 years later and say I just went to look at football players. Mm-hmm. Yep. I planted, I shared some tracks in the NFL Football Hall of Fame. So that's the, the excitement that I get, that I never want to go anywhere and just go. I want to do something for Jesus wherever I'm at. Hey, man. I remember... Um, you telling me one time you handed a gospel tract to someone. You told me this story. It was one of the really, really yeah. top wrestlers. Do you remember that story? Yeah, I sure who do. It was? Yeah, yeah, it was Hulk Hogan. You know, probably one Hulk of the Hogan. biggest celebrity, not just pro wrestlers, but everybody knows who Hulk Hogan is. Right. Uh, I had a buddy of mine that went on a mission trip many years ago to like Africa, and he said that before his feet touched the ground, he saw these little kids with Hulk Hogan action figures. <laughs> and this is clear across the world. You know, they yeah. didn't, they knew who Hulk Hogan was. So, but he had always in his interviews on TV, you know, big as big as life, said, "I say my prayers and take my vitamins." And I thought, Lord, if I ever get a chance to meet him, I would just like to know: is yeah. that part of the show, right? Or do you real do you really pray? Uh, you know, I don't care too much about the vitamins, but do you really pray? <laughs> right. So, and, and, and you know, what do you call a guy called Hulk Hogan? I mean, I didn't know his real name. I mean, do you call him Hulk or Hey, Mister? I didn't know. So, uh, I basically followed him around uh, for two days, mm-hmm. uh, uh, just with a track in my hand, getting the nerve. I mean, I thought, uh, what's he going to do? Is he going to punch me? I mean, this is the yeah. biggest in our business. It was the big. It'd be like talking to Johnny Unitas or or Joe Montana in in, in the NFL field. And uh, finally, uh, he went to get a cup of coffee, and I followed him. Uh, they call it stalking today, Robert, if you did that today. But, uh, of course, he turned around, and I just I, I was talking fast as I could be, and I just looked him right now, and I said, Hogan, I said, I want to ask you something. And uh, he was just so polite, such a great guy. And I just asked him, I said, uh, before I share this with you, I said, I was just like, no, do you really pray? And, uh, and it wasn't to, to, to prove that he didn't. Mm-hmm. Man, I just thought how cool that would be if he yeah. did. And, of course, the biggest man in wrestling looked right at me, and he said, of course I pray. He said, when I get on my knees, I'm the same size as these little kids. Mm, and I oh, thought wow. that was the most amazing mm. thing. So, and, and people have, th- you know, they've, remind, they've remembered me telling them that, Robert, over the years, and uh, when he's done something kind of crazy. Right. And they say, oh, I thought you said. It's amazing how they're quick to point out, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, when you fail. And, uh, you know, when Jake the Snake Roberts got saved, and I really believe he got saved, he's told me many, many times later, and, and he has not denied falling off the wagon a few times, falling by the wayside, but getting back, you know, getting back in the ball game. And he told me that the, 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 the worst people that he had to deal with when he fell off the wagon was his friends. Wow. He said, those are the ones I thought were going to come and help and pick me back up. He said, but the, uh, the people that, uh, that I depended on, they're the ones that turned their back on me. 
when I, mm. when I, when I fell to my knees. So uh, I don't want to be that one. You know, I can tell people that uh, it's going to be better because I needed it to be better. And, and there's no bigger mess up in the world than me. Uh, the joke in wrestling is I just go ahead and tell them up front that I'm a screw up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so don't wait for it to come on entertainment tonight or TMZ. I'm going to tell you right now. So, but Hogan told me, and I believe with all my heart, he said, yeah, I said, I pray. I know the Lord is my personal savior. Wow. So, uh, uh, because in, in any sport, uh, and this, I know everything's God's timing, but a lot of athletes get saved and they get out of that profession and they go into pastor and, and evangelism, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I've always thought, how cool could it be? If, if some of the guys like Sting or Tully Blanchard or some of the uh, Shawn Michaels, and I know your body uh, gives up on you and you can't do it, but how amazing to still be able to do what you do and tell people about Jesus. And, and I'm just amazing. so thankful. I, I mean, I mean, I'm 54 years old and uh, over 10,000 matches. I don't even know. I don't even know. I still don't know what I'm doing in professional wrestling <laughs> and probably won't. But, buddy, I'll sure tell you about Jesus in a heartbeat. Amen. And it ain't something where I want to preach at you. I want to tell you about Jesus because that's, if you come to my house and we're sitting out in the yard drinking tea, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not because I want a camera in my face. It ain't because, but the greatest thing in the world is I'm going to heaven. Amen. Amen. And how can people think that you're crazy? Because the flip side of that is you're going to hell. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, and the thing that somebody like me, Jesus knows my name. Man, that is just the most, he named the stars, he planted the, the fields, he named the oceans, but he knows me. And that's the greatest thing in the world. Greatest thing, Pastor. I like what you said about, you know, even in wrestling after 10,000 matches, you're still trying to figure out what you're doing. Still trying. And that is such, uh, such truth to that in evangelism as well. Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. I think one of the things that holds most people back in evangelism is they don't feel like they know what they're that's doing. That's exactly right. And so let's talk about that for a moment because... I mean, I always tell people, if you're saved, you know enough to evangelize. Amen, amen. Amen. Because (laughs) you know at least three things. A, you're a sinner. B, there's punishment for your sin. C, Christ died for your sin. Amen. Yeah. And then D, you have believed in him to trust in his payment for your sin, That's to right. have eternal life. Mm. If, I mean, if you know those four things, I don't care what else you know. That's it. But you can be an evangelist. Well, so that's your, that's your testimony. I mean, that's exactly. just knowing your testimony right yeah. there. Is, well, that's you know, exactly look right. At, look what, how sinful I was, and then look what Christ did for me, and then I believed in Christ. Amen. I mean, that, that's your testimony. And, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, you know, I, I still think that's one of the easiest things to evangelize it with, sure is. is your testimony is, right. is your story mm-hmm. and right. you, people like to talk about themselves so that's true be hard well and I, and I think of like you know first peter uh 315 when it talks about the hope always be ready to give a defense of the hope that you have mm-hmm. because everybody wants hope that's and right. everybody's searching for hope that's what you know a lot of people find their hope in the world but it never satisfies. We have mm-hmm. found our hope in Jesus Christ, and that's what satisfies us. It's like what George said. I needed him. That was the hope he needed. That's and right. so when it comes to evangelism, it's all about hope, hope in Christ. That's right. Amen. You know, I tell people all the time, Pastor Jensen, I said, man, I'd rather, be, I'd rather mess this thing up for Jesus than get it right for the devil. You know what? <laughs> so I tell people, yeah. don't be afraid. Man, don't be afraid. Jesus did it all on that cross, so you can't mess. You, you know, I told you about a lady years ago asked me to go pray for her sister. And I said, man, I'd love to at the hospital. I said, but ma'am, you know, you can go. And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, the same Jesus that saved me saved you. Come on, and I now. said, I'm going by there. I said, but you got as much right. She said, well, I don't know. I said, man, let me tell you, you got as much right to pray for your sister as I do. Right. Uh, you right. can go, I mean, and I think sometimes, too, we, the old devil, I mean, you know, most people think the old devil's like on Fred Flintstone, that little old guy that pokes yeah. you when you do wrong. But they don't realize that the devil's number one job is just to take you away from Jesus. And yep. if he takes you away from Jesus, he's got you. And, you know, I, uh, Pastor Wilson, who's like 99 years old now, and, and he was like probably the first pastor that he used to invite me to go visiting. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, I ain't going to go visit a bunch of old people. He said, well, just go one time. And I swear, now to this day, that was one of the all-time favorite moments with him. It's when I used to go visit with him and just listen to these stories. But he used to tell me, I'd get in his car, there'd be Christian music on. I'd go to his house, it'd have Christian music on. And finally one day I said, dang, Pastor Wilson. I said, don't you get enough of that? And you know, a man that had been pastoring for 80 years looked me right in the face. He said, man, I'm weak. He oh, said, wow. I don't want to give the devil a chance mm. to come in. And I said, oh, man, man, what an mm. amazing testimony that was. Mm. I just visited him last week. You know, he's like 99. I said, Pastor Wilson, I got to go. I said, what are you going to do today? He said, man, I really need to study. 
I'm thinking, man, been pastor in 85 years, <laughs> still preaching on the weekends, yep. but he's got to study. And I thought, man, oh my goodness, buddy. So, wow. Um, I was going to maybe share some evangelism blunders mm. or looking back if you remember a time where you say, ah, that's, that was a learning experience for me. <laughs> um, when I was in college, me and my friend, we would, during our lunch breaks in college, just go, we'd go anywhere, Walmart, the grocery store, the neighborhoods, mm. just to go share the gospel. I love that. Matter of fact, I had one real good friend. I don't even know if he'll ever listen to this, but I'll give him a shout out. His name's Jason Myers. Have you ever met Jason? I don't know if he's ever been uh-huh. up here or anything. But in college, on our college campus, I would see these gospel tracts. They're from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association called Steps to Peace with God. Mm. And they would literally be everywhere. I'd see them in the bathrooms. I'd yeah. see them in the staircases. I'd see them in English class. I'd see them in the, 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 the lunchroom. Everywhere. And after about two to three years, I saw my friend carrying these around. And I'd been friends with him for three years. And he was the one putting them out everywhere. Wow. wow. He, I mean, mm. he had 25 with him every single day. Mm. But me and my other friend, we would go out and we'd go door to door and stuff like that. I remember one time we walked up, this guy, it was like at Walmart or something, we walked up and, you know, we we didn't know what we were doing, man. We said, hey, we'd like to talk to you about religion. Mm. And he said, no, thank you. (laughs) And walked off. (laughs) So what we realized from that point is don't come out the gate. That's right. That's exactly right. Hey, do you know... uh, do you know if you're going to hell? Do you know if you're going to heaven? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, from then I learned how to just open a conversation with that's someone. Right. Yeah, that's what I've learned a lot. And yeah. and swing, this is what Ray Comfort says, swing from the natural into the spiritual. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, Amen. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit will open that door. It's amazing. Avery, I love what you said. People love to talk about themselves. If you just ask them questions. Hmm. About hey, themselves. Hey, do you, yeah. have any, do you have any kids? Do you? What, what do you do for a living? Mm. Sports. Uh, you yeah. know, in America, that's, that's one of the exactly. big things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who do you pull for? Yeah. Um, do you paint your big star on your belly? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Wow. Once people start talking about themselves, then you've broken down that wall Amen. of communication. Mm. And they've already kind of given themselves to you. So it's like a, a little bit of a, uh, a deal uh, in communication. Hey, I've told you about myself. And then there will come a silence. And then... They'll start asking questions. So what do you do for mm, a living? I love that. Mm. You know. Well, you know, Pastor Jesse, years ago in the early 80s, I, uh, I had the opportunity to ride around with, with Chief Wahoo McDaniels and a lot of older wrestlers that have passed away. And, and I was so nervous and so excited. And I used to ask those old big me, and I used to say, how do you trust? You know, who do you trust in this business? I mean, I want to learn everything I can. And I remember Wahoo McDaniel looked at me one time in the front seat of his car, and he said something I never forgot. He said, listen, he said, if I don't want to come to your house and eat supper, he said, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is, even in uh, evangelism. I can't tell you about Jesus if you don't want to come to my house and have supper with me. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the whole concept of what you just said. If I don't get to know you a little bit and, and, and just yep. and show some little interest in you and be sincere about it. And, and so I've always kind of based it on that. I want people to feel like they can just come and have supper with me. Mm-hmm. And then that just leaves me an opportunity. Uh, uh, if they feel that comfortable to just to go have a sandwich with me or a glass yep. of tea, then what an opportunity. Mm. Just to tell them about Jesus, so it goes along with what you said, and that's all I want to do. I don't. I feel like I have wasted uh, 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 so much time, and and and, and you know, it, I don't want to. I don't want to. I mean, I want my last breath to be with a track in my hand, mm-hmm. you know, with some, and hopefully somebody had already took it from me, you know, before <laughs> I, before I'm gone. But it's just an amazing story. I, I spoke to a comic book convention, Robert. Uh, of mm-hmm. all things, I had a buddy that does the Big Heroes Convention in Charlotte, comic books. I've always been a fan of comic books. So he just asked me to come to speak. There were people that was here for two days, but they got to stay over for Sunday and had nothing to do. So he said, would you like to go just share a little bit of testimony, talk about wrestling? I said, yeah. So I go into this ballroom, downtown yeah. Marriott, Charlotte, North Carolina, 8 a.m. in the morning on Sunday. I go in there, and there's these grown men dressed up like Star Wars figures. There's Flash, <laughs> Batman, Catwoman, and they're all sitting in here, about 100 of them, and they're waiting on me. And I thought, what a great opportunity. And this is many years ago. So I shared Jesus. I'm thinking, I can't look goofier than these grown men right. at 8 a.m. in the morning <laughs> looking like Luke Skywalker. Right. So I was able to share Jesus with them. And here's the amazing thing how God works. I'd always share tracks like you, passed, you talked about, Pastor Jesse, but when I finished speaking, I got ready to walk off. And a little old man walked up to me. His name's Nate Butler. He walked up and said, man, that was a great testimony. He said, have you ever thought about doing a comic book on you? And I don't care who you are. You think, man, that's, that's pretty cool, but 
how much that cost? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, give me a few days, and I'll get with a couple of comic book artists. And he said, we're going to do a comic book on you. And I told him, Robert, I said, give me a lot of hair and a lot of muscles. That's I don't right. know what that meant, but I just want a lot of muscles. So he went back three days later. He had a little comic book artist. And they said, I know he created this comic book story of, of who is your tag team partner. And I thought, what a great story. Wow. So they did a little comic book of me and Jesus in a tag team match. I'm in trouble. And they, they drew this great illustration of me looking up to make the tag to mm. my partner. And wow. there's that hand with a hole in it. Mm. There's that hand with a hole in it. And I have been able to share those in truck stops. And the most amazing thing is, is, is every few days I'll get one sent to me from like a Richmond, Virginia, or in some truck stop in Tampa, Florida, or Orlando, of some trucker that just happened to stop to get a sandwich. And, and it just reminded them a lot of times of, of what Jesus has done for them. A lot of times, you'd be amazed how many people don't even have a Bible. How many wow. truckers are out here on this road that don't even know that, that... So I'm able to send them a Bible. And so just by speaking at a comic book convention. So anything little that I give Jesus, he's going to make it big. Yep, that's right. I, I've lived my whole life by that. I live my whole life by that. So. And you've actually had, I mean, how many thousands of those tracks... Printed up, buddy. I tell you what, and 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 I try sometimes just sit back when I'm on the road and think, okay, I probably average a hundred a week, and that's almost just an average week. Right. Now I go into a lot of schools. Uh, I'm able, you know, what's amazing. I can't walk into a high school and talk about Jesus, but I can give them a comic book. Yeah, nobody has a problem with that. Right. <laughs> wow. so, so some of these high schools are like a thousand, twelve hundred kids. So I'm able at one setting to share a thousand tracks. Wow. And 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 that's I'm amazing. nobody. I mean, I am nobody. Mm. So I try to multiply that almost 35 years of just sharing. And, and see, I, the biggest reason I love sharing a track is because it don't give nobody no excuse. You may not yep. be a great talker like we are. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> or a great speaker. I just told this little boy at Bags Groceries at Food Line here in Charlotte, North Carolina last week. I said, well, listen, take these tracks. And when you take that little old lady out to the car to help her with her groceries, just give her one. Put it in her grocery bag. You ain't got to say a word about it. Oh, man. So, man, now nobody's got no excuse to not be a witness because anybody can share a, a little piece of paper with somebody. You know, when you, when you go through that, you can just see God's hand, his sovereignty the whole time. You know, when you think when God saved George South, yeah. that he already knew and had Amen. plans in the future of how he was going to spread these seeds and call Amen. people on himself. That's how he draws people. He it's sure amazing. Does. Mm-hmm. So He sure does. When um, I was up in Greensboro, we would take our youth and college ministry um, to the park, and we would hand out gospel tracts and evangelize and stuff. So a lot of people, you know, you'd go up and say here, and people are kind of standoffish. Yeah. So we came up with this little phrase. I probably read it somewhere. I don't know. But anyway, we would say, hey, did you get one of these? Mm-hmm. And when you ask them, did you get one, mm-hmm. it makes Maybe. them think I'm supposed to have one. Yeah. And so then they're like, no, I didn't get one. What is it? And then you give it to mm. them. And so it makes it so much easier because if you, you know, you see people on the street, you're, they're trying to hand out marketing material, whatever. Right. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. you just throw it in the trash. But did you get one of these? And then it creates an interest Amen. in their mind where mm-hmm. they want it and they want to look at it. Yeah. Man, I thought of a great idea. The other night, me and my wife were at Concord Mills. <laughs> I guarantee I hadn't been there like in the mall in a year or two. Yeah. And there were so many people. That's right. So I had this thought in my mind. I don't know if, I mean, this was the thought. Making like a gospel track that's a coupon Mm. that says something about, have you heard about the discount or do you have your discount Mm. or, you know. Your debt's been paid or something. It's like that. Yeah, something like that where you're just going handing out Mm. in the malls. That's right. It's like that million dollar one, you know, like. Oh, from, like we got from All For One Ministries in Cleveland. It's like, hey, do you want a million dollars? And they're, you know. We, everybody's like, yeah, I want, money. I want a million bucks. Yeah. And, well, and then you explain to them, hey, I, I don't have a million bucks, but I have this track. Yeah. yeah. So it's got something worth, you know. I think that was more. one of my favorite times on this mission trip. This past one, when we went to Cleveland, Ohio, we did more evangelism. Mm-hmm. And uh, All for One Ministries, Michael had uh, all these different tracks. And it's just amazing to see the different tracks. One was a million dollars. The other was um, a cell phone, a cell yeah. phone like yeah. iPhone. And that was a big one. A lot of people, when they saw that, they were like, oh, what is the iPhone? It had like 10 different things on there. And so tracks are amazing. Yeah. Comic book tracks, it sure doesn't does. matter. Those are seeds. Yeah. Sure George, is. have you ever seen this track? It says... Here's your ticket to heaven. Mm. If you don't need it, tear it up. Have you ever seen that no, one? No, I have not. No. Mm. Okay, wow. I've had some of these. It's made of unterrible paper. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I've given it to some atheists. Oh. And say, hey, 
this this is a ticket to heaven. If you don't need it, tear it up. And they start trying to tear it up, and you can't tear this paper. Wow. Literally, all three of us went, wow, when you said that. So we're going to have to get no, some. No, I love that. Yeah. I just want one for myself. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you where they are. Um, those million-dollar tracks, Avery, they came from livingwaters.com. Same, Same place. Yep, and Ray they Comfort. have the yep. coolest tracks, mm, man. They do. They do. I mean, really? And, and, you know, a lot of... A lot of gospel tracks can be somewhat corny. Yeah, exactly. You know, the comic book, I mean, that's amazing. It sure is. But these things are, they're cool enough to where they're going to want to have it, mm-hmm. even if they don't like what it's saying. And that means they're going to keep it. They sure are. They're not just going to throw it away. They sure yeah. are. And I think that's really a neat yeah. idea. You know what's amazing is is uh, years ago, I used to watch these these older wrestlers again, you know, sign their autograph. And some of them would just scribble, scrabble, you know, like a doctor. And you're thinking, what in the world? They can't even read that. And then some <laughs> of them would actually take their time and, like, write a little note. And, and, and so I asked the difference one time just on the road. I said, well, what if some of you guys just, like, make an X, you know, yeah. and, and some of you take your name. And the ones that really took their time and wrote a little message said, listen, these people will always hold on to that. If I make a little personal message, so so I said, oh, wait a minute. And again, there I'm always thinking, how can I do this? So I thought, okay, what if I, my picture has scripture at the bottom of it, just mm-hmm. a simple little John three sixteen, and I take time to put some little effort into signing it and yep. make it personal. They will hang on to that. I've had over the years people that I gave this guy, I gave a poster to in like 1985, mm-hmm. just gave him out and had scripture all over it. The guy just reached or approached me in Princeton, West Virginia, and this guy, this has been like 35 years old. He brought me that same poster. And it was rolled up, and he said, "Would you like to have this back?" And I said, "Excuse me," and I unrolled that poster, and he and and I had give him that mm-hmm. with just a Bible verse on it. I forgot I'd even give it to him. Yep. So he's had that in his possession mm-hmm. for over thirty years with that scripture and stuff on that. Wow! And again, God will do more. God will do more with a stick mm-hmm. than I could do with a whole fork. <laughs> I believe that with all my heart. And, and that's why we just got to be willing to say, Lord, here I am. Yep. As goofy, as messed up as I am, you can even, I always tell people, I shut him up quick. I said, listen, he used a donkey. I <laughs> yep. said, he can sure use me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And they all, oh, well, I didn't ever thought about that. I said, yeah. Robert, who is the story of the man who was preaching and he went to hear a sermon and the sermon was, um, the guy, the, the guy who was a preacher was a lay preacher and he preached about the oyster man. Have you heard of this? No, I don't know if I've heard this But in in the King James, it said an austere man. But he thought the scripture said oyster man. So this guy preached, this lay preacher preached this whole sermon uh, that that God is like an oyster man. He dives down and he he has to Mm. get his hands in the rocks and he has to pick us out of the miry sand, the muck, and bring us up and crack us open. And, you know, his hands get bloody and everything, but that's God dived down into Mm. our, the depth of our, you know, mm. uh, filth to, right. to rescue us out. and mm. But the thing has nothing to do with oysters. <laughs> but anyway, the guy got saved under this preaching. Wow. Wow. And this guy, he was just an uneducated, you know, could barely read. Yeah. And <laughs> and the, the guy preaching, he said, God is like an oyster man. And the guy got saved, became a famous preacher. I'm going to have to wow. look that up. Yeah, that. we'll have to look that up. Mm. You know, one thing I always like to do, too, even in, if it's evangelism or if it's just personal relationships that you build with people, is when you said that personal personal message that you write somebody, I like to take in the Bible uh, that I'm giving to someone, and I like to say to, from, That's right. date it. But then I usually put uh, just you know a little something, whether it's a couple of scriptures, uh, if I've known this person and if they're not a believer, maybe just something of I'm thankful for their friendship. Because it's like you said, they'll hold on to that a whole lot longer, yeah. and they'll look back and say, you know what? Something different about this person. They cared enough for me to share their faith, yeah. give me the word, you know, so, mm. always personal messages. i got to tell you all this story. So, my daughter's been witnessing to this girl in her class. Mm-hmm. And this girl in her class has like a, a Jewish mom and a Christian dad. And so, they celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas. But she told me, she says, but dad, they're not really Christian because they worship false gods. <laughs> and this is my little seven-year-old. I'm like, what are you talking about? They worship false gods. She says, well, I don't know. I think they worship statues or something. <laughs> they're really not worshiping Christ. <laughs> And so last night she was asking me, she says, Dad, why do people celebrate Christmas if they worship false gods? Mm. I said, well, honey, I think some people are more interested in presents yeah. than they are Jesus. True. Mm, true. And she said something like, oh, so I guess they worship gifts or something like that. Wow. But uh, it's so cool, man, to see those, those little interactions. She's always telling me who in her class is an atheist or who is uh, Jewish or something wow. like that. 
And every time I hear it, I'm like, man, she knows every single person in her class what they believe. Wow. Do I know that, that with right. all the people that that's I know? Right. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. Mm. That's powerful. Um, let's talk about this for a little bit. Let's talk about um, in, in evangelism, do you always do the same thing? Like, do you always have a set plan of how you're going to share? Or are you a little bit more allow the Spirit to lead? For most of my probably early Christian history, when I was really studying hard and everything, I mean, I had like a strategy, a formula. I played yeah. it like a chess game. You know, I'm going to share this scripture, this scripture, this, you know, the yeah. Romans wrote or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has your, let's start with George. Has okay. your method always stayed the same? Has it changed through the years? It has changed tremendously. And, and, and what I've always done, and now you got to be prepared. That's mm-hmm. what I've learned over the years is uh, like uh, uh, I get recognized a lot of times, even if I'm pumping gas. It's just happened a couple of days ago. A guy recognized me and I have not been, it's amazing. I haven't been uh, on TV full time in like 25 years. But people still recognize me, and and the minute they say "Hey, you," I start reaching for one of my tracks. And you know so, what "Hey, so, you" so, means? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, and, and I know we're probably going to talk about wrestling, but yep. but before they leave, so I've always tried to keep. Sometimes I'll run in Walmart real quick, and I'll and I'll forget I got them. You know, it's like the old timers looking for a pack of cigarettes. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm patting myself down, so I'll run back to the car because I want to be prepared. Good. And I think if I do my part. And then God's going to bring these people to me. Yep, and, yep. And, and, and so a lot of times, uh, like even when I'm leaving a restaurant and they're coming in, they don't want, I don't have time to tell them, the, you know, my, my, my favorite Psalms or something like that because they're ready to go eat. And right, I'm, yep. I'm ready to go sit down because I just ate. So <laughs> I, I may have just that five-second thing. But when I, when I, I can tell, it's so funny after all these years, my kids laugh at me because they think it's an ego thing. But I can tell, even when I'm eating, you know, I can see people just like staring. Oh, yeah. And, and oh, yeah. I'll tell my twins, you know, they're staring at y'all. And he said, no, Daddy, they're staring at you. And, they, and it's funny because they may not know who, they know I'm some, they, this may be somebody. Right. Uh, I mean, I've got people that, uh, they'll say, are you Hulk Hogan? I never tell them I'm not. It just, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I yeah, let them yeah. think that I am so, so I can get that track in their hands. So That's I'm right. all ready when I thought, okay, I'm trying to eat my sandwich, but that guy's staring. And nine times out of ten, they'll come by and be real polite, of course, mm-hmm. but I'm already, I said, okay, where's it at? Right, okay, good. So when they come, they're going to leave with this track. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I try to uh, uh, just say every situation is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes when I go in the big mall here, uh, I'll just put my Jesus T-shirt on. It just says Jesus. And it's amazing. Just I wish I could strap a camera to my head, Robert, and <laughs> yeah, just see people because I can hear, hey, Jesus, you know, people yelling. <laughs> but every now and then somebody will come up to me and just I haven't said a word. And they'll say, uh, what does that, even what does that mean? I mean, why are you walking yeah. around here with, with just big Jesus letters? Right. So when they approach me, and I love that part of just walking around the mall, hi, boom. I'm there you go. that track in her hand. So. Probably about five years ago, I was probably one of those weird people staring at you. <laughs> first time I came into church, I said, I know that guy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Where'd I know him from? And that was so, so amazing. Matter of fact, when I came here to pastor, I didn't know you were down here. Mm. And I remember you because I went to church with your son. That's right. And also wrestled. Yeah. Uh, back then, I guess he was still little George. Yeah, he's little George. Not yeah. little George. Yeah. He really says, I'm no little more. George now. Yeah. But hey, I mean, big old George. Now, I think. Yeah. I think when he started, you know, he was like a weight class above me, or yeah. he probably got to my weight class pretty quickly. Yeah. But I remember you. I remember him. I remember going to church mm-hmm. um, with you guys. We used to go to youth camps and stuff together. But um, yeah, that was pretty amazing. So you know, not to kind of lift you up, but there's a lot of advantage to what you've done sure, yeah. because it is an immediate conversation. It sure is. Yep, you know, icebreaker. Everybody, you either love wrestling or you don't. And what's amazing is, is people will all, you know, they'll come up to you and they'll say, I got one question. They'll say, is wrestling fake? And I used to get so <laughs> mad. I'd say, no, it's not. And they'd argue with me. So one day I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to turn the tables. Next person asked me that, I'm going to tell them it is. So like two days later, a guy comes up, Robert, and he says, is wrestling fake? I said, yep. He said, no, it ain't. He said, no, yep. it's not. I said, wait a minute. I, now they're telling me it's not. But that, the pro wrestling thing has opened up so many doors. But I want to encourage people and tell you, you may not be a pro wrestler, you may not be a pro athlete, but just open that front door, and there is a tremendous uh, mission field. Me, I love to be creative. That's mm-hmm. my greatest thing. I yeah. tell people all the time, yeah, one of the greatest uh, witnessing evangelism tools I've got is when I get junk mail. I mean, I just get junk mail. And what I do is I take the return envelope and I stick a track in it. And I mail them back. I mail it back to whatever business. Now, that's the quickest way to quit getting junk mail. <laughs> but they've already paid for a stamp. I mean, the yep. stamp's already on it. And yeah. I, don't, somebody, I never thought of that. Somebody is going to 
read that. Yeah. So I, so I, I don't reply to it, but I just took a track in that envelope that's already paid for, and I mail it right back to them. That's so, amazing. That's I, I've never done that. Have you done it? Probably a long time ago. But yeah. that, is, that is clever and smart. Yeah. Already paid stamp, right? Yeah, there. it's already paid. God provided even a stamp for you, Rob. I would, I would say with me, mine definitely changes. And I, and I learned because, um, you know, when I started growing in my faith and so forth and wanting to share, um, I went through a course called Faith. And each one of the letters stood for something, how to share your faith. And we were going door to door on Tuesdays, me and some guys from the church. And, uh, Where was this church at? Hickory Grove? Hickory Grove. Really? And uh, so it was, it was set up at North Campus, and I think Main Campus probably had one as well. But uh, So we were going door-to-door each Tuesday, and so you had that, that faith card, and you had the whole little routine. Well, then we encountered something that go by script. And what I mean is we knocked on the door up to this point. Yeah. For the first three months, everybody would come out. You'd go through the faith card, and <laughs> you know, you'd have a great conversation because there were people that were coming to the church already. Mm-hmm. And so you were outreaching. You were making sure that they understood. Yeah. Well, this time, uh, a young girl came, and uh, we knocked on the door. She came out, and we're going through the whole thing. Well, her dad was not a believer. Mm. And so it was like chaos city. <laughs> Dogs started barking everywhere, mm-hmm. and we're talking to her. Now, she wasn't necessarily a believer. She was just she was searching. Mm-hmm. She was attending. Mm-hmm. Yep, she was yeah. attending. And uh, so we were sitting there sharing, and it was getting deep into the conversation. And we're talking about what it means to be a believer in Christ. And she was telling us about her family. Well, her dad, not being a believer, started hearing. He comes out. He's got a bag full of trash. And he's, like, opening the door, slamming the yeah. door. Well, about that time, he fires up a cigarette, like, right beside us. And he starts puffing on it, blowing it in our faces. And we're sitting there. You're like, Mm. <laughs> is he about to punch us? What are we going to do? He's like, you need to get back in the house. And I mean, all this chaos is going on. I said, you know what? You can't go buy a card. Right. You, right. you got to be able just to let the Lord speak. And that's what we, we shared with her because she got to a point. She's like, well, I really want something to happen to my dad. Meaning like, mm. I want God to change him, but I don't believe that he's changeable. Yeah. Mm. And so that's what we, we knew. And then the whole conversation, we talked about prayer, the power mm. of prayer. And so that's like, but that wasn't on the card. Mm, you know, that yeah. had to be like your relationship with God and how he can change somebody. So I would say, no, you got to adapt. Yeah. That's why it's good to be in the word yeah, every day. Yeah. Just like that pastor for 99 years yeah. uh, old, still getting into the word. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I think there's a lot of truth to, you know, evangelism being the overflow of your own joy for Christ. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because you can, you know, you can memorize five scriptures and you can memorize a plan, but at the end of the day, you're not sharing just information. That's right. You're That's sharing right. what has changed yeah. your life and what has the uh, can change their life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's good to come in with a plan. I, I know every time, like uh, the most recent mission trip we went up to, and uh, uh, where was it? Cleveland. Cleveland. I would get it. And <laughs> and we went to the college campus up there, and you know, we, me and Caleb, I was working with one of the youth, and you know, we have our plan, and we encounter our first person and you know the plan goes to the wayside instantly because he wants to talk very smart guys going for his master's degree in chemical engineering oh wow Uh, so very smart guy and so that's what we get on which was perfect for me because i love that stuff yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, originally going in as an engineering major in uh in college so i loved all that that sciencey math stuff and and so that's where the conversation went and you know proving god through nature because that's what he he questioned uh, and, and he had a Hindu background, so nature and everything in nature was really what he wanted to talk about, not, you know, the Roman road. He, yeah. he, he wanted to talk about nature. And I think it's good, like, it's good to have a plan and it's good to know, you know, you know all these, these cool techniques you can use, but you got to let God lead. In it. That's right. and, and if you come in and say, I have to do this, then it's not going to be successful because that's you instead of letting, you know, the, the spirit lead through you. Hmm. Amen to that. I love that. Over the years, one of the best things that I've learned was actually an evangelism class I took in seminary, and it was a book that we, well, I think it was for a research paper I wrote, but there was a book called Questioning Evangelism. Mm. Now, it's not about doubting evangelism, but it is doing evangelism by questions. Hmm. And two of the most powerful questions I remember in the book were when you're witnessing to someone, you always ask them, what do you believe? Mm -hmm. So tell me what you believe and that's going to let them share, uh, you know, their perspective. But once they share that, you say, why do you believe that? Mm. What is that based on? Wow. Is it based on evidence? Is it based on reason? Is it based on some sort of your view of inerrant scripture? 
but let them share their view because they may say, well, I, I, I don't believe God will, uh, you know, send anyone to hell. Yeah. Why do you believe that? Mm-hmm. What, what scripture says that? So it's why do you believe that? And then second, what difference has that made in your life? Mm. So let's say an atheist says, well, I, I, I believe when we die, we, we go back to the dirt. What difference has that made? Because mm. right now you're just doing everything else normal people are doing. Mm-hmm. Tell wow. me, tell me, you know, you going to the dirt? How has that yeah. changed your life? That's right. And so that's uh, been some tools, you know, you have in the, in the toolkit when you're in conversation. Well, and with that approach, what you're doing is you're having them reveal what they believe. You're yeah. seeing, okay, oh, this is where they went off the, the wrong path, or this is where they have erred, or, or so forth. And that, and it helps you to be able to say, hey, everything you've studied and learned up to that point. We'll be able to share more and be like, well, hey, this is why this isn't correct or right. yeah. whatever. You let them lead the conversation for a little bit because, yeah. once again, people love talking about themselves. So yeah. they've got to talk about what they believe. Right. So, That's right. And then you can use that, and then, you know, hopefully the Spirit reveals to you, to you what you need to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I find that the easiest way. The most amazing thing, Pastor Jesse, that I've learned uh, the hard way over many, many years is people just want to know that you care. Yes. And, you know, I yes. was 13 years old in my own testimony before I ever even heard the words, you know, I love you. And I, I never even heard it. I mean, I lost my parents, of course, all y'all know. And, and I just happened to hear it from uh, my brother told me, first time ever at age 13, that, God, that somebody loved me. Mm. And it stopped me in my tracks. I mean, what do you mean somebody loved me? I mean, I've been mean. I've done a lot of bad stuff already at 13. Yeah. First time ever I heard that somebody loved me was when my brother in the front seat of his car shared that God loved me mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to say, I don't want people to have to wait till they're 13 yeah. to hear that. Yeah. And as you get older, it gets a lot harder. Uh, Cause yeah, you know, I make a joke even in my testimony when I share that in Charlotte, North Carolina, there's actually a business that you can go in and get a hug. I mean, it's nothing really? dirty. It's nothing, uh, uh, a husband and wife own it. And yeah. you just simply go in on your lunch break, morning, evening, they're open business hours. You just get a hug. Really? And I'm wow. thinking, wait a minute. And they're, they're franchising this thing to where people that just had a bad day can, can go get a hug. And, I, and that's when I began to think, wait a minute, if we got to start paying for hugs, we got to fix this thing. So I think if people know that you really care, and that's what I do. I, I, I love to meet people and then just... Uh, I make a mistake a lot of times going bad with names, so yeah. I may call the guy the wrong name, but I just try to show interest that, first of all, before I can tell you about Jesus, I just want to know, well, how's your kid wanting to be interested in wrestling? Uh, and I tell you, I have people in my in my field that right now would give anything in the world to be a pro wrestler. Mm. They think, you know, uh, uh, the famous uh, uh, Dr. J, Jewel Servant, back, back in the day, used to say all the time, and I remember this when I was a kid, he said, you know, your kid has a better chance of being a brain surgeon than they do of ever making it in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And nobody thinks about that. And that's yep. how it is in professional wrestling. They think, man, I'm just going to uh, go to the gym one day, and then I'm going to the big time. But mm-hmm. I tell them right off the bat, if you put that much emphasis, I mean, I can walk into an arena, and I have 10,000 people chanting me or booing me, and they never met me. Now, how can I, and I'm still working on it, how can I channel that excitement and enthusiasm for Jesus? Mm-hmm. And that's wow. when we'll, we'll make a difference. People don't even know my name, but I, they're cheering me. They don't even know anything about me, but they want, they, they want me to hug their kids. Uh, now the thing is, when they'll bring a new baby, would you, can you get, hold my baby? If I said, you hold your baby for a picture, I'll get in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to drop it. Yeah, but it's just right. amazing how people that don't even know anything about me get so excited. And they're so emotional around me. I had ladies come up crying. I, I had this lady the other day. She come up to me and says, you know what? She said, you were my Justin Beaver. I said, excuse me? She said, well, oh, when wow. I was young, yeah, and you was young and wrestling, <laughs> I just fell in love with you. Yeah, and, and I know we get older, and I, this woman has never met me. So I'm thinking, if we can all channel that, and I'm still working on it, but just to get them to love Jesus that much, put that much emphasis in that. Not a championship belt, but, but Jesus. And, well, and well I remember, like, even when Hulk Hogan went to the NWO, when he went from, you know, the uh, red and yellow, and he was the good yeah. guy, and then we went bad. Yeah. I was probably 11, 12 years old, somewhere around that range. I cried like a baby. <laughs> I literally laid in my room yeah. crying. Oh. I was like, I can't believe he went from good to bad. And then when Sting did it, yes. the, and, then it and they had Sting come out and do it. Sting went to NWO? Yeah. Well, it, 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 it was part of the whole thing. They okay. were showing the, the one, and then Sting would end up coming back and then beating yeah. Hogan at, like, I think it was Stargate or something like that, Starcage, uh, one of those events. But I cried like a baby. Sit there weeping in my room. When I was little, Paul Jones was my favorite. And I remember eight years old, they did a thing on TV where the bad guy jumped him from behind and then took out old-fashioned scissors. 
and just started, you know, cutting his hair. Oh, man. And I thought, oh, man. So the next day, yeah, I was eight years old. I went and got some scissors and just started cutting. <laughs> I had to be like Paul Jones. So oh I just gosh. cut. Oh, <laughs> so I walked around for two weeks with badges cut out of my hair. <laughs> but I had to be like him. So. All right. Before we uh, conclude, what's the most difficult witnessing encounter that you've ever had? Someone you walked away from and you thought to yourself, wow, they were, they were really more prepared than I was. Uh, it really makes me want to go home and study the scriptures more yeah. and to research more. Um, I remember witnessing in college to this guy. He was, uh, I think we were taking a class. Uh, it was probably that class, uh, Dr. Cully um, at Wing University, he taught sociology of religion. So we had to partner up and do this research project. Well, I ended up researching the Unitarian Universalists. <laughs> Have you ever heard of them, oh, George? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you know, you say, what do they believe? What don't they believe? That's right. I mean, whatever it's, they want to believe. Yeah. But um, so my partner in class was this guy who was an atheist. But the thing was, he was a Christian before. Wow. And so he became an atheist. And that was one of the, because everything that I said from the mm. scriptures, he already was aware of. Wow. And so, you know, one of the things that showed me is ultimately evangelism is not an argument for me to win, yeah. but it is a, a seed for me to plant. Mm. And you plant that seed, you can't win the argument. And that's when I stopped trying to convert people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that I'm, my job is not converting people in evangelism, <clears throat> it's simply sowing the seed, yeah. letting God bring the harvest. Yeah. I remember that sticks out in my head. Mm. I think one that sticks out in my head was it wasn't necessarily um, the information that they were bringing, but it was the amount of people. I was witnessing to this one guy, and then uh, a couple of the other guys that were with him, they were like, so say it was like four on one. Mm. Three or four on one, and because um, he had a couple bystanders. But during the conversation, it was different people throwing out so much, and yeah. you're trying to stay on one topic, going from the next. And but it made me go home and 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 study harder. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's right. You know, I saw different point of views coming from different people, and even ones who said that they believed in Christ, but they were jumping towards uh, non God, yeah, non believing. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why are you jumping on his side? You're, you told me the other day you love the Lord. I mean, you yeah. know, but they, their fruits didn't show that. So that was probably one of the conversations. This was probably about eight years ago. Right. I said, you know what? More podcasts, more YouTube videos. Started studying harder, and it yeah. was because of that conversation. It's good. Yeah. I think it's good. My story's a lot like yours. He wasn't a, a ex-Christian necessarily. He was Catholic, uh, so... Maybe we should do a podcast on, on Catholicism. Man, that would be good. That would be, That'd be a good, good. one. Um, and so he was an ex-Catholic, and he wasn't an atheist. He just, you know, just said, you know, he and his problem with the world was how evil it was. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, as a Catholic, I would hope you, you know, that you have enough scripture knowledge to know why, you know, yeah. why is there evil in the world? And, and it wasn't the fact that he, you know, knew the Bible very well. Uh, he was a very, you know, I'm. At the time, I was maybe 16, 17. Uh, he was an older man. And, and it, the thing that got me was just how down he was yeah. on earth and, and Christianity and, and his, his old church and where he came from and, and just uh, the lack of hope he had. Right. And, and, and it was kind of saddening to, to see. And, and, and it was the thing, of, the thing I had to get past. Uh, and, and I think what affected our conversation the most was, was my age. Uh, and, and, and it's still something I, I work with even when I'm going to older people or, you know, is that, you know, we're on equal terms here that's right. and, and they still don't believe that. And that's a barrier that I always had to get past. But, uh, I learned that through this, uh, you know, going back, I said, you know, no matter what is God speaking through me and I have to once again, go back into the scriptures. And if I'm bringing enough mm-hmm. information, if I know enough about the Bible, it doesn't matter my age and what yep, I'm saying. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think as uh, at being a teenager or a college student, you kind of have that awkward stage because, uh, you know, as a kid, if some if a kid comes up and starts sharing the gospel, it's cute, and you almost yeah. want to listen to it. You know, if Bella was going to do that. They, they would want to listen to it. It's like, look at this kid, how much she knows. Uh, you know, if it's your guys' age, you're on the you know, same age as most people that... Right. We're hopefully be talking to now. If I'm talking to somebody my age, it's easy. But I'm right. gonna talk to somebody older. I'm at that awkward stage where they right. don't quite respect me yet, right. and so that that's hard to get past. And a lot of times that's uh, 
it could be challenging on, on me, and and that's and he definitely showed that he just he just kept putting me off, and mm. and, wow. and I think that's one of the hardest things is to realize when you're having a conversation with somebody, when to stop. That's right. You, when yeah. when to say, you know, I'm I'm just repeating myself, or I'm just going in circles with this guy. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk to me. You know, not necessarily wasting time, but right. he's, he's not receiving right. anything from this, and I'm pushing him away. And I think it's good when the other person, you know, they start getting a little agitated. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, yeah me too. That shows you, you you're, oh, you're yeah. starting oh, yeah. to get bothered about it. You're breaking some soil. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. And you know, Pastor Jesse, with me, you know, and you just led right into this, you know, I uh, uh, try not uh, to to take for granted that it is a spiritual warfare act. That's right. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the devil wants you. And, and I didn't, uh, I mean, I knew I always knew that, but I had a, a buddy of mine years ago asked me, he said, can you come and talk to my daughter? She's 18 years old, and I've tried everything, and she's living at home, back at home, and she's just just, just mean. And said, when you get a chance, come by and just talk to her about Jesus. And so I was able to go by, and she had just got into uh, the early stages of bleeding, uh, you know, f- following Satan and just getting into all this. So, so we're sitting there talking. And I gave her the opportunity, Robert, to start uh, uh, talking about, because she'd been brought up in church, and, and so she gets to t- talking, and it's, it was almost a spooky thing at first, mm-hmm. Robert, because yep. she's talking about Satan the way that I'm talking about the Jesus. And so I just let her talk for a minute, and then I have never in my life felt, because you know our business, my profession is built on emotions, but I could almost feel uh, the battle being, I mean, the yeah. line being drawn in the sand. And so her dad was there, and it was the middle of the afternoon, and so I just grabbed her hand. I just grabbed her hand, and I let her talk. You know, I didn't want to interrupt her, but she's she's almost uh, uh, reluctant uh, or pulling oh, oh, back. We, well, and what's funny, it's almost like she's glowing talking about Satan. Oh and man! So, uh, and for me, and I'm getting goosebumps even talking about it, is I just kept squeezing her hand, and I just kept saying Jesus. Mm, I just yes. kept saying Jesus, and. Uh, and it's almost like uh, uh, it, 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 I, she, she was trying to pull away from me. Mm-hmm. And her dad was just freaking out. And all of a sudden, the screen door, an old-fashioned screen door was on. And this cat, and it sounds so crazy now, but this cat just went running and jumped on that screen. And mm-hmm. with both feet, both hands, and just started yes, making the awfulest sound. And, and I just, I was just, I wouldn't let go of her. And I just, all I could say was, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I swear. And it was like the lights came on, and she just stopped. She just stopped saying the name of Satan and started mm. saying the name of Jesus mm. right there. And so I didn't have time to grab my Bible. I didn't have time to quote Scripture. But, uh, and I've never forgot that. Yes. So now even when I begin, if it's on a street corner, if it's in Walmart, it is. I want this person to know the goodness, but Satan wants them to know the badness. Yeah. And I think sometimes I don't want to get so excited about what I've got to forget that what those people uh, uh, that Satan wants, and he wants them. And a lot of times we don't want to talk about it. A lot of people, they, nobody wants to talk about it. Hell, they want to talk about it. But I'm telling you, it's so important to tell people. I would rather them hate me for telling them about Jesus than when they end up in hell. and Because nobody, anybody, I, and I, this, is my, this is George South in a nutshell. Nobody that ever meets me is ever going to stand before God and say nobody ever took time to tell me. That's right. Because I'm going to tell them. But that was the first experience I've ever had of just feeling it was just the most amazing thing in the world. And it's just almost like somebody flicked a switch, and it's like Jesus come in there because Jesus owns it all. And it's like Jesus right. said, Satan, you're out of here. You're out of here. But I don't want nobody to brag about Satan. You know, what are they doing? She didn't even know what she was doing, but it's almost like it wasn't her anymore. And yep. so that has always reminded me to be prepared. And sometimes, sometimes all you can say is the name of Jesus. Yep. I'm going to tell you, but that name, above all names, Will change. It'll change a room. There's power. And, and, there's, and power. there's power in that name. And I saw it. I saw it firsthand. That old cat jumped down and took off running. And I thought, whoa. So I remember one time I was on a mission trip, and spiritual warfare was happening. But it was my first mission trip I went on. We went to Rochester, New York, uh, 2008. And while we were up there, mm. there was these uh, teenagers <laughs> and this one young kid. It was a. If you ever been to a park, it's like a half owning. It's not a full owning uh like shelter but it's just a half and so it's probably like maybe 50 foot to the peak of it mm. and like i said this was a uh a, a rough bunch of teenagers yeah. okay uh well the one was trying to show off to his friends he climbed up to the top of this peak and he starts doing this crazy dance like literally it looked satanic right right and i can't explain it and they were all doing this little chant or whatever 
And I'm, I'm sitting there because he knew that we were a church group. We were doing like mission work and we had this whole like VBS camp set up. And so they were trying to distract and right. erupt from all these little kids that we had over there. We've been sharing Bible stories, cotton mm. candy, popcorn, you know, all those things that you have there. And so he's up there doing this dance. And now everybody is now focused on him looking up. And I go over there to the edge. I'm like, hey, you need to come down, come down. And they're saying some language and so forth. And, and then finally, he starts coming down. I'm like, look, you could fall. He's like, oh, I won't fall. And about that time, no sooner he said that, he fell. Mm. Wow. And he did like a 360 flip in the air. Boom, he hit the ground uh, and broke his arm, like his arm. And the only thing I could say was Jesus. That's right. That's the only words that could come out. That's right. And with mm. everybody watching, I'm just like, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, that's, that's all that's you exactly could do. right. And so I'm just sitting there, and I'm grabbing his arm. He's, and, you know, it's, it's broken badly. And so and I'm just crying out to Jesus. And, uh, but something about when you were saying that name, that's the right. calmness that Amen. came during that whole chaos. And so I ended up taking him. We ended up carrying him, taking him back to his parents. I had time to share with him, even prayed with him. Yeah, wow. So it's amazing yeah. with spiritual warfare. You just, that was the first time that I had really ever experienced it like that. Well, you know, one last a quick story, and I know we got to get out of here, but you know, years ago, Northside Baptist Church here in Charlotte, North Carolina, is one of the biggest churches around. And, 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 and I was not a member there. I'd visited there. I did some stuff with the youth. Well, anyway, well, the pastor's son asked me many years ago, said, uh, nobody really here knows you, they will go, but it was July 4th celebration. We'll have the mayor of Charlotte here. There's going to be 6,000 people in this church, and, and we want, and I've shared that with, with several people, is and we just want you to be a hippie. I mean, we want you just to walk in the middle of this service and sit down. And he good, said, "Good news is you didn't have to buy any clothes." That's exactly right. I remember I said, "Pastor Price, what do I wear?" He said, uh, "Whatever you got on." That's I right. Said, okay. Uh, but when it was amazing, eye-opening thing for me, he said, "We just we don't want you to do nothing first. Just come in and sit down." Yeah. And I want to see how my church, my flock, reacts to you. And we know what we say. We know what we're going to do. But we just want to see. And mm. I said, "Okay, I'm all for that." So I, you know, I well just got up and put my shirt on and walk on. but anyway, July Fourth celebration. They, I had a cue to let the service get going, and they're singing "God Bless America." These four ladies is up there, and it's loud, and the, the doves are flying, and the yeah. music buddy, and everybody's in these beautiful outfits. July Fourth, and balloons everywhere, and all of a sudden here I come, mm. and I just walk in the back door, and it, and the music didn't stop, but you could hear some. It was like an old TV show. You could hear some mumbling going on. Like, and they look, said, we don't, want, we don't want you at the back. We want you right in the very middle. Mm. And I had an old, I found an old army. He looked like Rambo. I had an old army, wore that thing. And I didn't shave and uh, didn't even brush my teeth. And I come in <laughs> and I sat right down in the middle yeah. of Northside Baptist Church. And I swear to you, it was like Moses, it was like the Red Sea. <laughs> <laughs> and I sit here and the most amazing thing, Robert, is I'm thinking, this is working. Yeah. Nobody's talking to me. Wow. I didn't get a bulletin. I didn't get a handshake. I didn't get a welcome, walk right past the people at the front door, not one person. And then it got a lot of comical that, that I can share a little bit later, but, you know, it got to where they actually wanted me to, to, to before the song finished, stand up and, and, and just with a cigarette lighter say, I tell you what, I'm going to burn the flag. Mm. And this pastor was just very, Lord, I don't know where he is now. He's probably locked up, but he right. wanted, okay, <laughs> fuck, you, you, you tell me one thing, and we come in here on Sundays, and we say we're going to do one thing, but how are we going to react to this? So it really got... Nuts there when I yeah. did all I got was the lighter lit, yeah. and then this like 1950 uh, World War III former pastor, veteran, Green Beret guy said, You ain't burning my flag, <laughs> and right. he jumped on me. And uh, but of course, they calm things down later on, everybody quit screaming, all this kind of so the pastor brings me back out. Uh, 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 Sue I think, was like one of the governors or mayor, she was sitting right here, and I'll never forget this. He brings me right back out at the pulpit. And the church is deathly quiet, 6,000 people. And he shares, he begins to preach just a small, just a small sermon on people you got to do better than this. Yep. This fella, friend of mine, George mm-hmm. South, that you don't know, has been walked right in this church for 40 minutes and not one person. So I've used that and I remember that. And one person told me, not one person even smiled at yeah. me. Mm-hmm. So I've learned that just because an old fellow on the street corner may look like he's down on his luck, he may look like that God still loves him. That's right. And Jesus still died That's right. for him. And the greatest thing about our little church here in Charlotte, and I've always told our pastors, the, the greatest compliment that I could give y'all, y'all, my friends that's sitting at this table, is I can bring any friend of mine in here, and, and they'll get saved. I can't say that about a lot of places. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you. And I've always looked at it. If, a tr- if I'm not here and a truck-driving friend of mine happens to come here on a Sunday, is he going to walk back out, right. or is he going to feel right at home? 
Because yep. y'all know as well as I do, the greatest excuse people's got is their clothes. Yeah. You know, I, thought, I tell people, don't let a clean shirt, don't let a dirty shirt send you to hell. That's you right. Know? That's so right. anyway. I, I'm well, just, guys, uh, I'm going to have to uh, r- wrap it up right here. George, thank you for oh, being thank here. You, oh, man. Um, thank you for I sharing your heart. This was a perfect episode. Uh, I want to thank Robert the Rain Man, Abe the Wave. Uh, shout out to Andy the Anchorman, who has uh, been so helpful uh, recording uh, up to this point. But uh, thank you to all our listeners for this Amen. year. Uh, it's been a wonderful 2016. We think it'll be an exciting 2017. George, maybe next year we'll have you back again, I'd love brother. To. Thank you. And Annual thing. We're going to uh, plug a song in there in the edit and close out. But anyway, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Merry, guys. Merry Christmas. Everybody. Happy New Year. We love you yes. guys. God bless. God, so God bless. God bless. Thank you. God bless. Children of the Almighty, because we are the residents of the kingdom of heaven and we are soldiers.